Well, News Talk ZB's own Francis Cook had the realisation three to four years ago that she didn't want to keep living payday to payday like many of us and always felt anxious about money. That led to her creating a personal finance podcast to help out the average person with money and help herself at the same time. She's now distilled all of that knowledge down into her new book, Tales from a Financial Hot Mess, combining her personal experience with fresh interviews and some of the best money experts in New Zealand covering off everything you want to know about the monetary situation. She's a big believer that money doesn't have to be complicated. In fact, most of the best ways to handle your money are simple, set and forget. you just got to know how to do it. Well, let's talk to the author of that book, Francis Cook, joins us now. G'day, Francis. Hello, Francis. Hello. What a lovely introduction. Well, you deserve every moment of it. Now, we understand. Let's get cuts to the chase here. Did you make a few blues with money when you started it all, Francis? <laughs> I definitely did. It's one of those things, right, where you, you get into your first job and you're thinking, oh, a pay rise will fix everything. And then you get a pay rise and it doesn't fix everything. And you're hanging out for the next pay rise. And that doesn't fix anything and you sort of come to the conclusion that actually you've really got to sort yourself out and that's the only way you're going to fix things um, and get out of that awful anxiety. Yeah. So what were, what were some of the really basic things when you really started getting, getting your act together, Francis? What were some of the basic things you did that helped? Well, the biggest one is, for any, I, I know people hate the word budget, and I did too, and I still don't really budget. Um, I kind of chunk my money and then tell myself I can go nuts with certain chunks. Yeah. But the biggest thing for most people is housing, transport, and food, and that's what we spend the majority of our money on. And if you can make changes there then you never have to think about it again. You just reduce how much you're spending automatically. You keep all the quality of life, your, your coffees that might actually make your day. But you can actually start investing. You can start this journey towards financial independence. You can free up some money on the big things. That stops you worrying about the little things. I'm all about stopping the worry. What's the biggest mistake people make with money? Um getting freaked out by it really um and i was so guilty of this getting freaked out by it to the point where you just don't look you don't look at your kiwi saver you don't look at your bank account and it doesn't help anything. um it just sort of it's, it's like static in the back of your mind you know you should be looking at it and um the awful thing is you know like my kiwi saver i knew for several years that i should probably do something with it and i just thought i i I don't want to look at it because it's going to be too hard. And then when I finally did some research on it, I got it sorted in about 15 minutes. So that's three years of worry for 15 minutes hmm. of sorting it out. It's ridiculous. Hmm. Now, as well as your book, obviously, where should somebody go who says, right, I've been listening now, I'm going to get organised as well with my money. I'm not going to be spooked by it. I'm going to get on top of this whole situation. Is there any particular area or type of person that somebody should go to for help? Well, there are financial advisors and, um, you know, with the book and with my podcast, Cooking the Books, I mean, that's great, but you learn, you know, the general rules of the game. And then you've always got to figure out how that applies to your individual situation because we're all totally different. Um, and the great thing about a financial advisor is almost all of them will give you a first session for free so that you can see, you know, if they're going to charge you much, how they charge, um, what sort of things they would recommend for you. 
Some of them are honestly really cheap and they should make you or save you more money than they cost you. Mm. Francis, I've heard over the years many people say to me when they've been giving me financial advice or trying to get me into something, they go, you can't lose. That's fr- <laughs> Those three words fill me with fear, you can't lose, because wherever I turn, you can lose. When it, comes to, when it comes to property, there was a phrase, you know, a lot of people talked about, you know, for mum and dad investors buying a rental property and things like that. Um, if you haven't paid off your primary home, your first home, you've got a big mortgage, do you reckon you should invest in a second home as a rental, et cetera? See, I, uh, I have a controversial opinion on investment properties. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know it's exactly what you just said. When people tell me you can't lose, that's a huge red flag. Um, and rental properties, a lot of people see it as passive income. And it's got to be one of the least passive things around. You know, you're dealing with someone's everyday life. Mm. You've got people living in there. Um, so a rental property can be really good. It can make you a lot of money if it goes up in value. Um, and, of course, from rent. But you have to first figure out if you're the sort of person who wants to be dealing with SRAM call-outs because the plumbing's gone haywire, if you want to learn all the new insulation rules, all that sort of thing. Um, so I think actually New Zealanders, we love property and we love term deposits. I personally think that shares work better for most of us as a set-and-forget wealth generator. Very interesting call, that. It is, Francis, because one of the, one of the things I was going to ask you, which you've touched on already, is about term deposits, which at the moment pay almost a negative negative percentage territory. <laughs> with the experts you've spoken to and from the views you've obviously formed yourself from them, having spoken with a number of people for your book, um, term deposits, are they virtually a thing that you think I really should just stay away from? Well, it all comes down to what you want the money for. So I go through this a lot, that working out your timeline. And they say sort of anything from five to ten years is the long term. Um, But if you need that money within a year, you don't really want to put it into property or into shares or anything because they're great wealth generators, but you have to leave it alone for several years at a time. Um, So a term deposit is really good if you just need somewhere super safe to stash that cash um, for a year or so. And you might want to make sure nothing happens to it because maybe you've drained your KiwiSaver and you're hoping to buy a house soon, you know? So it's good. It's not going to make you much, but you're also not going to lose much. So that's that's your short-term money. 17 to 4, we're joined by Francis Cook, who has a book out called Tales from a Financial Hot Mess. It's great to talk to you, Francis, and thank you very much again for your time. It's re- you know really good because you seem to be able to put things in relatively easy terms for us all to understand who aren't financial experts. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you so much. I always say I'm a bit of a translator of the financial expert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, Kim, we're going to go to the phones in a moment. If you've got a question for Francis, 0800 80 10 80. But a couple of quick texts for you before we move on. Uh, this one says, hey, guys, we're putting $200 a month into a security account. Can you ask, Francis, if buying shares each month is a good plan? Oh, uh, well, without speaking too much to your individual situation, because I haven't seen your bank account, but buying every month is, in general, one of the best ways to invest in shares. That's what I do myself. 
um, because the, they call it installment investing, the financial bottoms. And what it means is that you buy when the market is up, when the market is down, and you're not all in at one specific point in time. So the good thing about that is you're getting a reward when the market is up and the dividends are out and the you know the prices are up, but you're also buying cheaply when the market is down so you can get that reward later. It's absolutely the best thing to do. Often if you can time it for, you know, after after every payday, that can be one that works for people. But yeah, it's great. Great. Just before we go to Dion, this is a good text. Uh, Hi there. What investment would you advise an 18-year-old who has $10,000 to invest and is earning between eight and $900 per week, um, no other outgoing costs, and wants to start learning to invest? Oh, good on him. I mean, that's a great start. Mm, yeah. um, well, it sort of depends on the risk tolerance that he has personally. If he feels up to it, then um, index funds, so these are the, the passive share market funds, things like the NZ50, which is the top 50 New Zealand companies, um, they are really, really great. They're particularly great for people who have a long time for their investment. So at 18, that's yeah. perfect. Mm. And if he's earning that much that he thinks he could put it in, you know, regularly, then shares, you can do as little as $5 a pop. It's great. Francis, you've been superb to talk to. Really yes, interesting. Been lovely, Francis. Thank you so much. Fascinating. Well, thanks so much for having me. Really appreciate you. That is Francis Cook. Uh, the book is called Tales from a Financial Hot Mess. Again, thanks for your time, Francis.